Gary battled against the tiredness that overtook his whole body. It was the first time ever that he'd flown non-stop throughout the night and he had to work hard to stay awake and to make sure that he did not lose sight of the starlings flying ahead of him. After what seemed like a whole year of flapping his wings, Gary thought he heard a racket off in the distance. He cocked his head slightly and listened intently. A phrase of some sort seemed to be passed backwards from the front of the murmuration. Giddiness overtook each darling once they overheard and understood the meaning of the phrase, and an extra boost of energy shot through their whole bodies. Gary cocked his head further in an attempt to understand what was being said. Seb appeared on Gary's starboard wing again. Land a high, Gary. Pass it on by. Say again, Seb, said Gary. He was so tired at this stage that he was afraid that he had imagined what Seb had said. Land a high, Gary. Pass it on. Oh, thanks be to God. Me wings are about to fall off me. Pass it on, Gary, will ya? Gary looked behind him and made eye contact with the starling that was flying in his slipstream. Land ahoy! He roared. Pass it on! That's France down there, said Sergeant Starling, who appeared out of the middle of the murmuration and pulled up beside Gary and Seb. We'll be landing in the countryside, beside that river down there in about 15 minutes, give or take. Now that is the best news I've heard in a while, said Gary. Exactly 15 minutes later, the flock of starlings and Gary swooped down on the pastures beside the river Garonne in southwest France near the border with Spain. This not... We'll stay here for a day or two, so I recommend you take the opportunity to rest up well, announced Colonel Starling as his cadets gathered around him. And I also recommend you try out the local cuisine. Ah, yes, the thought of crispy insect a la francais is truly mouth-watering. And Gary, you should try out the squelchy snails too. I've been told they're quite delish, added the Colonel. The cadets went their separate ways. Most of them decided to go straight to sleep, but some, including Seb and Sarge, decided to fill their bellies first before they caught up with their forty winks. Gary had got to the stage where he was just too tired to go to sleep straight away. He gulped and realised that he had a fierce thirst on him. He was about to fly across to the nearby river but he could hardly lift his weary wings out from his body at this stage, never mind flap them. He decided he would walk. His mind wandered on the way. Yuck! He muttered. He was not one bit impressed with the thought of eating a squelchy snail. He made up his mind, once he got his strength back, that he would take a trip back to the coast and attempt to catch a sardine or an anchovy. Now either of them would be a nice prize, and something he could write about in his log. He reached the river after a twenty-minute walk. As he gulped back billfuls of cold, clean water, 
he had a sudden urge to go in for a dip. He hopped into the slow-moving river and swam underneath for ten seconds. He repeated his swim five times, spending longer underwater each time. The weariness of his muscles gradually eased as the cold, refreshing water soaked into his feathers and massaged his tired body. He popped back up to the surface and looked around. He saw that some local herons were keeping a beady eye on him. He waved his right wing at them. Hello, he said, but the herons were in no mood to be friendly. They just cocked their heads in the air and looked away. That's very rude of them, thought a reingenerized Gary as he got out of the river and shook, rattled and vigorously flapped his wings to dry himself out. Feeling much better after his swim, he took flight and headed back to the starling's roost. He made a quick detour and landed in one of the nearby vineyards that spread out for kilometres into the surrounding countryside. To his disappointment, there were no grapes available for plucking. Ah, bummer, he said. Looks like I'll have to go to bed hungry. He got back to the roost a few minutes later and spotted an oak tree with several strong branches. He picked the strongest branch and settled down to get a much-needed sleep. Gary was in the middle of a lovely dream where he was competing at the egg, but something started to nag him. He woke with a start as raindrops carried on a strong breeze, slanted in between the branches of the oak tree and splashed directly on his head. He looked down at the pasture and saw that the starlings were up and about already. He scanned the flocks of starlings and soon spotted the peaked cap and scarf wearing Colonel Starling and made his way over to him. Uh, young Gary, how are you this fine day? Gary squinted hard on hearing what the Colonel said. If he had a nose he could scrunch up, he would have done so. Perhaps his hunger clouded his opinion, but it definitely was not his idea of what a fine day was. I'm feeling well rested, Colonel. Thank you, he said. However, I really need to get something to eat. Yes, of course, said the Colonel. But take Seb and Sergeant Starling with you, just in case the murmuration takes off before you get back. The Sarge knows the plan and the route to take. Gary, Seb and his father took off and headed back towards the coast. A few minutes into the flight, Gary engaged Sergeant Starling in conversation. So Sarge, what's the plan for the next part of the journey? It's straightforward enough really. You see that mountain range? Well we're going to fly down the length of it. And then we'll take a right turn and continue flying until we see the ocean meet the sea. That's when we'll have reached our destination. Oh, uh, and how long will that take us? Uh, Another two days. An hour later, the coastline came clearly into view. Gary's tummy was rumbling with the hunger as he headed out to sea and scanned the tide below him. 
His two companions then watched in awe as Gary adjusted his goggles, went through his SWWT routine and then dived at breakneck speed into the sea. He stayed underwater for ages before he returned to the surface, with his bill pointing skywards as freshly caught and eaten sardines slithered down his gullet. Gary repeated the exercise another three times before he returned back to Seb and his father. They noted that Gary had a sardine in his bill as he approached them. Gary gestured that they follow him back down to a sandy beach. Seb and Sergeant Starling followed Gary to the base of a sandy dune. What's up, Gary? asked Seb. Gary dropped the sardine on the sand of the dune. It wriggled and rolled a few times in the sand before it came to a stop. There you go, he said. I'm sure you could do with some food too. We could, Gary, said Sergeant Starling. But you see, like, fish isn't exactly part of our diet. I know, Sarge, I know. But stand back a few metres and wait. Ah, uh, jeepers, could think a number one, said Seb as he read Gary's mind. Within seconds, at least a dozen flies and blue bottles hovered over the motionless sardine. Seb and his father needed no second invitation. 